Hi. I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. We are talking about family annihilator Jeffrey McDonald. Content warnings are for child death and male rage. Per usual. Come join us on Patreon. We have a general support tier as well as a tier that gets you three bonus episodes a month and always ad free regular episodes. When you sign up, you get access to all the backlog as well. So there's like seven or eight in there ready oh. and waiting. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram at TellNoOnePodcast or send us an email at TellNoOnePod at gmail.com. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Enjoy. Okay. All right. Now we are. Okay. Jeffrey McDonald, born in 1943, brought up on Long Island. The father is a bit of a dick. Of course. Like, duh. Okay. Not physically abusive, but really into everyone in the home being obedient. Right. Okay. okay. Children had to do well academically, or I don't think he'd hit you, but he would like belittle you at the table till you felt like a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's giving like make your bed really well. It, it's uh, it's like the Kennedy's table, like where he would, like the dad would like quiz all of them at the table. Yeah. Like a dad who wanted to make you feel dumb. Right. But Jeffrey did do very well. Um, academically, but he was also involved in everything. Mm-hmm. Big joiner. Mm-hmm. Um, and like probably not to go home and be with your dickhead dad. Right. Look, I don't know that for sure though. I mean, I bet a little bit. Yeah. Um, he was voted most popular and voted prom king. He's popular. Yeah. But we're noting all the time. Yeah. A guy who is like brilliant running cross country and voted like top everything prom king what are you fucking hiding you're a pretender it's like can you not like rest like yeah. do you have a moment to sit in your body or are you like constantly moving yeah i gotta keep it moving mm-hmm. i gotta keep the show on right now we're going back a bit to junior high okay eighth grade he met colette cute mm-hmm. they began talking and he ended up taking her to a movie formative relationship Okay. Um, but the following year, she ended it. Okay. Okay. I'm 14. Right. Back to like graduation. We have a scholarship to Princeton. Wow. We're pre-med. Wow. Yeah. By sophomore year, we're back with Colette. They reconnected. She saw what was happening. She's a freshman at a college nearby. Or like around the area, whatever. She had grown into a shy young woman, a bit afraid of the world in general. Huh. Okay. Meaning like, or what that meant for them together, like she relied on him. Okay. She thought he he's a year older, which kind of meant something when you were a teenager. Yeah. And she kind of like deferred to him. Like right. he'll know what to do. Uh-huh. He'll handle it. That kind of thing. Which like could be a fine relationship dynamic. Right. He found her timidity touching. Okay. Gradually viewing himself as her protector in addition to her boyfriend. He's digging it. She's digging it. Yeah, they're benefiting mutually. Like, yeah, fair. Fine. Fine. Um, they would write to each other all the time. He would hitchhike to her college, like for the weekend. Wow. Mm-hmm. Men can hitchhike. I don't right. know what to tell you. Yeah, they shouldn't though. No, I don't think they do. He at the time was like dating around. Oh, even while they were together. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, but she was the one that he felt like really connected to, and. She was the one I I think that he knew he wanted to be with and marry. And there's no like inter like you're never gonna find out. And I think that he kept it casual with people who were not her. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. 
I think that they're like 1920. Yeah. You know? And he resolved to marry her when she became pregnant. Ooh, that'll do it. But I do kind of think from everything I can find that maybe like made it happen now where it might've happened later. But like, I think she was the one that, um, he pictured being with anyway. Right. He's like, Oh, I guess it's just happening a little earlier than we thought. Yeah, sure. She left college to be a mother. Fine. Um, and he would take care of them. And I kind of think that, I mean, we're in like 1962 or something like interesting choice. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, I think like at that time in the world, that wouldn't even be like, Oh, fine. You had to leave college to go get married. That would be like ideal for a girl. Oh, yeah, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For a I doctor. Think... Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And yeah. And he'll take care of them. Right. Like the idea is that we'll have a hard time for a little while while you're right. pre-med and we have a baby, but eventually you'll be a fucking doctor and we'll be doing great. It's like a rite of passage to be like the few struggling years. For sure. But they're like, w- eventually you'll make a ton of money. Can't wait for that. And, like, that kind of fulfilled the dynamic they already had. Like, yep. she'll take care of everything at home, and he'll take care of them in a kind of broader way, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, and they got married. hundred people attended the wedding. By every account I can find, a joyful event. People felt fucking good about it. All right. They have a little girl, Kimberly. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the world. Doesn't treat you well. He did undergrad, and then the little family, they all moved to Chicago for him to go to med school. Yeah. They move into a one-bedroom apartment. Whoa. She's a devoted partner, taking care of the home and their daughter while he's learning to be a doctor. Yeah. Put in the hours. Put in the work. Yeah. And he worked part-time for them to have money, too. Like I know. It's very much like, of course she would never work. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I will... I will yeah. literally become bitter beyond belief that i have to work all the time yeah. to make sure she won't work she will never because that is just the worst thing that could ever happen mm-hmm. um the following year they had another daughter oh <laughs> <laughs> he graduated in 68 and now they're a family of four and they moved to new jersey and he did an internship in new york during that time He's a surgeon. He's a surgeon. Mm-hmm. That's not even like a regular of doctor. That's a richer doctor. Thoracic. What would that be? Like your your thoracic things. <laughs> I think it it is like your um I think it's your fucking chest. Like not yeah. heart in particular, but the entire fucking area. Anyway, he hated it. He did. Horrible year for both of them. He frequently worked over 24 hours at a time. And he was, like, never home, and when he could be home, like, I'm fucking tired. Yeah. I've been in surgery. Yeah, like, I've been hyper-focused for, like, two days straight. Right. Like, you guys ever play, um... Yeah. Operation. Operation. I googled it right now. A thoracic surgeon specializes in operating on organs in the chest, including the heart and lungs. Shit. So like oh, major the entire stuff. fucking area. Yeah. <laughs> All your major shit. Yeah. Anyway, he is working a ton. And when we are home, we have limited interaction with the wife and children. What's he doing? I mean, like, I figure we're napping. Yeah. Right. Or but I think we're I think we're like, shut them up. I'm tired. Like, I cannot be- hear baby chatter right now. Right. 
we on his side or I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I the the way I told you that felt like yeah, <laughs> but I don't know in my heart if I am. Right. But I get being tired and being like, look, I don't really have much to give right now. Sure. Sure. Fine. But he did the internship, finished it, went great. They took a little vacation, the two of them, him and Colette. Fun. Then he joined the army. Army doctor. Army surgeon. And before long, we relocate to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. We've got the whole family here. Hi. Mm-hmm. They live in like a pretty tiny little apartment. What are they called when like the army puts you in base? One? It's like a base. Like, like yeah. the families all live there. Yeah. They live in a neighborhood of like a bunch of them. Yeah. A bunch of families like them. Yeah. They all have a little home here. It's like a, their own little city of yeah. army families. Yeah. They have like okay. their own stores, doctors, everything. Wild, though. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Kind of frightening. A little scary, though, yeah. Yeah, okay. They are popular in the neighborhood, although they are known to have argued occasionally. Who isn't? Hey! But I will note that, like, for people to even know that you're arguing, you got to right. be doing it loud. And Yeah, and, like, out of the house. Yeah, and, like, they're not telling me, hey, we, we argued a bit here and there. They're not telling Random us anything. Random people, hey... <laughs> random like people in the neighborhood are like yeah they argue occasionally meaning like i hear them occasionally and this is an army base for it to be notable (laughs) yeah it had to have been notable notable and like in the late 60s early 70s huh yeah totally when people were like you were meant to yell at people (laughs) right especially your wife but whatever like I wouldn't equate that to danger, but notable to me that like, okay, they're having like a shouting, a blowout every now and again. Right. Okay. She, by that time, she wanted to go back and finish her degree and become a part-time teacher. Okay. Beautiful. For the children, we've got one who's really feminine and shy and intelligent and another who's like more of a tomboy and tough. Cute. A little sitcom in the making. Now we're pregnant again. Not too far along, but they do know that they're going to have a boy. Is he happy? I think they they appear to be pretty happy. Okay. They're going to relocate to Connecticut. They're going to live on a farm there. Oh, hi. He bought them a pony. Oh. A Shetland. Does that mean That's anything so cute. Yeah, they're like the little little ones. Okay, yeah. One, one of them. He didn't even tell them, not even Khaled. Um, he and the father-in-law... Drove them all to go on Get a ride the pony. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I know. Around that time, Colette wrote to a college friend in the letter she talked about her life and it having never been so normal or happy. They are content, happy for the arrival of their little boy in like July and feeling like their family will be complete. Okay. And now we're in early 1970. By the way, for the army, like, he's doing well. He's yeah. earned the rank of captain. Then what? Well, then I get, we go to February. Okay. February 16th, a cold and rainy night. Mm-hmm, a rainy night. <laughs> what is that you're doing? And you love a rainy night. No, no, that's all? Okay. Okay. He ended his shift at work at the hospital at the base. i don't know like i'm a little bit confused by like the army terms and i will continue to be but we'll work through it i think we got it yeah okay he ended work yeah great long day happy to go home he then took the girls to feed their pony what a beautiful afternoon (laughs) right um and then the three of them headed home 
He showered at home and he put on a pair of blue pajamas. <clears throat> the family had a little dinner, an early dinner, and she left for her. Um, she's in college. She went back to it. All right. See you later. Mm -hmm. He played around with the children for a bit, like letting them ride on his back while he crawls around the living room. Playtime. They do that for a while. And then at around 7 p.m., he put the little one to bed. Okay. She's like two and a yeah, half. Bedtime. Then he nodded off in the living room while watching TV. About an hour later, Kimberly, the older one, she's like five. Mm -hmm. She woke him up and wanted to watch her favorite show called Laugh In. And okay. they did. And when it ended, she went off to bed. Okay. I've never in my life heard of a five-year-old like, you know what? I'm heading up. Oh, you know what? I have an early one. <laughs> <laughs> I have an early one. <laughs> But they're one floor, by the way, the apartment, one floor, <laughs> to be clear. So she's not adding up. <laughs> I think they have, like, a little, like, a two-stair up into where the bedrooms are, oh, you know? Yeah, cool. Um, Not too long after she went to bed, Colette returned home. We're at, like, 9.40 p.m. He and Colette had a drink and watched a little TV. She's pregnant, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're, like, four and a half months pregnant. But... You know what? Who among us? <laughs> it's just who am I to judge? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This woman is like 50 years dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give her a break. And I'm telling you everything according to him, by the way. Like, um, I'm telling you everything according to him. Yeah. Okay, great. Right, right, right. After a bit, Colette went off to bed. He finished watching the show they were watching. And then he returned to a novel he'd been reading. Um, and then he heard Kristen, their little one, crying. And he went in and calmed her with a bottle of chocolate milk and returned to reading. He finished the book at around 2 a.m. Then he cleaned up the kitchen, which I think you're now I think you're, you're lying. lying. <laughs> you're lying. Are you super dad? You calmed the little baby. No, mm -hmm. you didn't. I know. This is when I'm having problems. Now I have I started issue. having problems when he said he was playing with his daughters, first of all. Okay. Cleaned up in the kitchen and then he went off to bed. You're telling me Colette went to bed with the kitchen a mess? No, she didn't. Okay, right. No, she didn't. Apparently tonight we were fucking... Best husband ever. Yeah. Super dad. Mm-mm. Um, and then he went to bed. Okay. And in their bedroom, he walked in and he found their little two-year-old in bed with Colette. Okay. And she had wet the bed. Their bed? She had wet their bed. Remember, everything from him. Right. Everything according to him. Right. She had wet their bed and he picked her up and he carried her back to her own room. You're not going to clean her, though? She's going to lay and pee all night? Yeah, sleeping it, pig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you didn't wake Colette to you're like, like... You're in piss, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, honey. <laughs> honey, wake up. You're covered in piss. <laughs> okay, but yeah, he didn't want to wake Colette by like changing the bedding right now. <sighs> Lame. I don't know what I would do. Like, I've never had a kid. Like, maybe mothers around the world are like, they can sleep in it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think you just, like, get up and go, ugh. And you, like, throw them and you get your change of sheets on and you deal yeah. with it in the morning. I think even, like, we don't have to change the bedding right now, but get the kid out of that bed. Yeah, they're going to change You change her. Yeah. You change the baby. Duh. We don't sleep in the piss, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wild for being like, no, we need to deal with it now, right? Yeah, we we deal with it. Okay. Um, but Colette, we're leaving her laying in a puddle of pee. 
my beloved wife. <laughs> my beloved. But him, he's not going to lay in pee. Of course not. <laughs> he's on the couch? Yeah. Okay. He grabbed a blankie and hit the couch. Um, hmm. And like, look, bare minimum to him, right. or if this is a story he's telling me, Notable to me that he didn't know what the mom probably knew, which is like, you change the baby if she pees on herself. That's what I'm thinking, too. That's why I'm like um, laughing so much, because I think it's a fake story, mostly. You're not around enough or engaged enough with your family to know that when your baby who clearly pees the bed occasionally, what to do when she does that. Because Colette would usually handle it, right? Right. right. Loser. Absolute loser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're on the couch and we're out like a light. Okay. We're at like 2.30 in the morning now. Like, this is ridiculous. Before we know it, we're awakened (sighs) by Colette shouting, Jeff, why are they doing this to me? Okay. Okay. And Kimberly shouting, daddy, daddy. Okay. Our eyes shoot open. There are four figures hovering above the couch. Nope. So stupid, but okay. They are... We have a black guy okay. in a fatigue jacket, like a mil- I think a military jacket. Yeah. Uh, two white men. Oh, and a crazy topless woman. And a woman with, I mean, she's giving the full like squeaky from exact, delight. Uh, quite exactly that. Yeah. Like <laughs> she had stringy blonde hair and was wearing a floppy hat. That floppy hat. And she held a flickering candle chanting acid is groovy kill the pigs i'm embarrassed at how stupid this story is acid is groovy the fuck did i get a candle also why why where did i get a candle like ebenezer fucking scrooge <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the little thing fully the floppy hat is like the sleeping hat <laughs> the sleeping yeah, cap. yeah. <laughs> he tried to get up um but the black man brought the club down crashing onto his head he's holding a club i forgot to mention Bonk. He bonk. <laughs> Very the Flintstones. Very whack And now he has like a whoop, like a yeah. swelling bump on his yeah. head. <laughs> okay, uh, the black guy hit him with a club. A moment later, he felt a sharp um, pain in the right of his chest. Okay. He looked down, and there was a an ice pick um, in him. <laughs> an ice pick in him. Right. Wow. They're pulling at him, kind of like, kind of like fucking zombie shit. Zombie shit, like Rosemary's Baby shit. Yeah, very that. They're pulling at him, and he pulled off his own pajama top and put it around his own hand to try to block them. And he has the time to do all this. I think it all happened in the in the flurry of the fucking, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, bitch, I don't know what I mean. It's not real. Yeah, I'm dreaming it up. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> okay. They're like clubbing randomly, slashing randomly. Like a video game. The clubbing he could not fend off that kept coming. And eventually he fell down their little two stair thing. He fell down and we're out. We're on. Oh, we're we're out. knocked out. Oh, shit. When we awake, they're gone. Oh. The people are gone. Huh. The intruders are gone. Uh-huh. And he got up and he went and found Colette sprawled out on the floor of their bedroom. Oof. She had the handle of a knife protruding from her chest. Oh my god, like fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 
On the headboard of the bed, an intruder had written pig in blood. He pulled the knife out of Colette. You shouldn't do that, by the way. Aren't you a doctor? I know that, and I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He pulled the knife out and began giving her mouth to mouth. Don't you know a dead woman when you see one? It did not fucking work. No. When he gave up, he covered her. She had like a... Her like she had one tit out. I don't know. Okay. Look, I don't know how that happened, but it did. It happens. He covered her with the his own pajama top that he had around his hand. He took it off and covered her with it. Okay. And he went to the children. Okay. He found them both lying bloody, each in their own bedroom. Mm. Yeah. Um. He called nine one one. Now we're at like three forty two a.m. We were not out for long. No, he slept for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. He told the operator, we've been stabbed. People are dying. We've been stabbed. We've been stabbed. People are dying is a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's a 1975 song title. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wouldn't you be like, I don't know. I probably yelled about my family. Whatever. They arrive quickly. Of course they do. People are dying. Mm -hmm. But they think they're they're going to like a domestic issue. Mm. Well... In a way, they are. (laughs) They found the front door locked and the home was dark. Everything happened in the dark, by the way, to be clear. Well, there's candle. It actually was by candlelight. By candlelight. (laughs) Um, When no one came to the door, they go around back and they find a screen door had been shut, but the actual door wide open back there. Okay. Like not unlocked, open. Okay. Not subtle. No. Like someone's come in. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, why aren't you answering the door? Are you not like in the lawn? Like, ah, we're playing catatonic. Oh, okay. Upon entering, the sergeant walked into the main bedroom and he promptly ran back out and back out of the home and yelled for them to like get everyone. Right. Got it. Um, Because they arrived to a nightmare. Yes. They found Colette. A bloodied and torn pajama top was draped over her. And a paring knife lay by her body. Right. Because he took it out, allegedly. Mm -hmm. She had been stabbed with a knife a total of 16 times in the chest and in the neck. And 21 more with an ice pick driven into the hilt. The hilt? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. She had been clubbed in the head, too. Like a handful of absolutely bludgeoning destroyed yep both of her arms were broken <gasps> oh no from i'm um, trying to block God, that is that freaks me out me too that i hate that yeah both her arms are broken oh you that, like are you kidding me i don't know what Kendall, that really freaks me the fuck out we're pregnant yeah um quote in terms of sheer horror the children were worse oh how can how can that be Okay, we have Kimberly. The older one. The five-year-old. Okay. She had been clubbed to death, primarily. What the hell? One blow shattered her skull, and another had been delivered with such force that it splintered her nose and cheek, the the bone in there, and that meant that that bone now protruded from beneath her eye. Oh my god. Uh, while near death, she had been stabbed in the neck with a knife over and over. They think about eight to ten times. Oh, my God. Then we have two and a half year old Kristen. 
She, they found her in her bed with a, I mean, they're both in their bed. Uh, she had a baby bottle near her mouth. She had been stabbed by a knife four times in the chest, one in the neck, 12 in the back. What the fuck? How does she even have that kind of room on her little body? I was thinking the same thing. She had a finger cut to the bone by one wound, meaning she had been holding up her little hand to block it. Uh, like, yeah. she, her, she put up her little hand, like, but she's so little. Like, think of a two-year-old hand. Yeah. Like, you have a they're little. Tiny, they're tiny. Ugh. Back up to the room with Colette. They find him um, lying kind of around her. He put himself there? He placed himself there like the fucking lovers of Pompeii. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got up and made that phone. It's like pretending to sleep. You're like, open, peek your eye. Like, Fully. Are, they, are they here yet? Ooh. Like, you were on the phone in the kitchen a minute ago. Yeah. What, you heard me pull up and you like... Got into position? Yeah. I'm embarrassed. Like, this is embarrassing. They gave him mouth to mouth. I think they thought he was much more injured than he ended up being. Hmm. I think they, like, context clues. They were like, surely you're dead, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking around. Why mm-hmm. the fuck would you be fine? Mm-hmm. Huh? And when they did give him mouth to mouth, he, like, shot upright, and he began yelling, look at my wife. I'm going to kill these goddamn acid heads. I'm crin Like, this is leaving you no room to draw any other conclusion. Yeah, it's like, wow. Who could have done this? Those hippies? Aren't you catatonic? We found you lying here acting dead. Yeah. <gasps> no need for mouth to mouth. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And when they are transporting him like out of the home and I think off for medical attention, he's shouting, let me see my kids while being like carried on a stretcher. The show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Immediately they like don't like it. Seems fishy. Mm-hmm. Got it. Holes in his little story 30 year old william ivory he's the first agent to arrive at the home he noted that jeffrey had been trained in unarmed combat but the living room where he had fought for his life showed few signs of struggle Mm -hmm. apart from a tipped over plant and a top heavy coffee table lying on its side so he's just like and yeah worth noting that they do um they will eventually do recreations of the event. Like, is there any way he told the truth that night? Mm-hmm. And no matter what they do, any combination of I push you and you fall over that, anything that could occur naturally in that fight, um, they are never able to end up with that coffee table in that position that he had in that day. Mm-hmm. I think the weight of it, it being like really top heavy, they're like, you would have to have picked it over, picked it up to, and tipped it over. Mm-hmm. It didn't, that wouldn't happen like naturally. I kind of get what you mean. Like if you push into a top heavy table, it would slide um, or something. It would not flip over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Then given the fact that Jeffrey told them of like his own attack, he mm-hmm. painted the picture for them of being like bombarded by like, weaponry of many different kinds clubs and like come on like he he told them of like a frenzied attack right with only his own pajama top for protection um but only one fiber from that pajama could be found in the living room like if they had been if you'd been holding that up and they had been slicing at it yeah there'd be fibers everywhere yeah um but when they find the top laid out over colette it is completely torn and tattered huh 
And then they compare that to what they found in each bedroom, like with the fiber, oh, fiber, whatever. Yeah. In the main bedroom with her, with Colette, they found dozens of fibers everywhere from that top, even including underneath Colette. Uh, they find more wrapped up in the bedding with one of the children. Uh, and another fiber lodged under the fingernail of one of the children. Um, case closed. <laughs> I mean, he clearly was wearing the top when he did this and then had to make up a story to fit why it was fucked up. Okay. Okay, Jeff. Okay. Not only that, but when he told them the timeline of how it all went down that night. Yeah. Um, according to him, by the time he even went into the children and found them there, he had already taken it off and laid it out over Colette. Oh, like, God. According to him, there would be no way for that fiber of that pajama top to end up in bed with one of the children. Right. And now blood, a little blood talk. Okay. Comparing the living room where he claimed he suffered a violent attack, like akin to what the children dealt with. Okay. Comparing that room to the one in the main bedroom and in the children's bedrooms, each bedroom had a, like a bucket of blood. Okay. You know, a lot. They wrote bucket. They wrote bucket. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm reading a lot from a Vanity Fair article. It'll be linked, but I'm reading a lot from it. <laughs> like everything. Say no more. <laughs> That's how we measure blood. Each room had a fucking bucket of blood, including Christian's room, where they found a bloody footprint that matched her father leaving the room. Got it. But the living room? No blood. Not a drop of blood. Not a drop? No blood. The hallway he where he finally was knocked out? Yeah. None. Not a drop? I'm talking about actually one drop. One tiny drop too small to be typed. Uh, I'm like, convinced. Meaning, meaning it didn't even it belong to him necessarily. They right. couldn't get the right. type of blood from it. Right. Huh? Uh, they only found blood belonging to him in any real quantity in two locations in the home, in front of the kitchen cabinet, and by the kitchen sink. Washing your hands and such. William Ivory, the agent I mentioned, mm -hmm. he found the tip of a surgical glove beneath the headboard where Pig had been written in blood. I should mention that when Jeffrey talked about the men he found in the home that night, he talked about one of them might have been wearing um, surgical gloves. Yeah. He's just... <laughs> but um, yeah, he found like a little bit of the, the rubber from the glove had... You know, they like they break off occasionally. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. He found that behind the headboard, um, identical to a pack of gloves they found in a cabinet in the kitchen. Where the blood which was. Which I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. And now we're going to the back door of the home. Uh-huh. Where we find right outside the door, the ice pick, the <gasps> kitchen knife, and the club. Like leaning up against the house. <laughs> like he poked his head out the door and threw him out into the yard. Oh. And like they do turn out to be the weapons used in the murder. Yeah. They like can determine. And all have been wiped clean of fingerprints. And all are determined to have come from the McDonald apartment. Oh, case closed. And all Jeffrey McDonald claimed to have never seen before. What? what? I'm sorry. There's so many things wrong with this. A group of hippies coming to kill you and your family don't bring any weapons? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. also, and they're so acid heads that they know to wipe their fingerprints. Mm hmm. Please. Okay. 
Uh, when they talked to a neighboring family, they revealed that they had heard no struggle or issue in the home that night or in the early morning. Okay. Apart from the night before, hearing Colette shouting in a loud, angry way. Oh. They're having a fight. Uh-huh. They fight occasionally. Uh-huh. The teenage daughter of that family who um, babysat for the McDonald family, mm, yeah. she piped up to tell them, like, for a while now, Colette and Jeffrey have been cold and weird to each other. I have the tea, frankly. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it was raining that night. It had rained all night. And he had told them about when he when they knocked him out. He told a whole little thing about uh, on the ground in the hallway, watching rainwater fall off of her shoes. Okay. The hippie girl. But that would create a fucking footprint. Yeah. And they didn't find any in the home apart from the bloody bare footprint leaving a child's room. Oh, my God. And... The classic thing of like too many details when you're lying. Like, yeah, that's fake. That's a fake detail you made up to seem like you're telling a real story. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, they put out an alert immediately for all military police to like pull over every car and look for the four hippie people. Okay. Nothing, dude. Of course not. Within the week, Colonel Robert Kravanek, uh, he told FBI like, don't look anymore. Don't bother. Yeah. Like, we don't fucking believe it. This is stupid. When they interview him shortly after the murder, he three different times in the interview clarified with them, like, hey, remember to write down that I pulled that knife out of my wife. Meaning, like, so if you find my, my fingerprint yeah. on her, like, yeah. And they're like, why are you telling me that over and over? <laughs> right. And their quote, their wonder deepened when. Testing indicated that the knife had never been in Colette's chest. What? That knife, the paring knife that he they found by him, that knife had not been in her. What the hell? You're not brilliant. You're actually really bad at this. This is really bad. Shouldn't you know I can be able to tell that? Oh. Now we get to his own injuries or lack thereof. Oh my god, it's gonna be like scratch. Fully. He didn't bleed. According to uh, the surgeon who examined him in the aftermath, the only like real wound he had on him, a clean little incision that caused an easily remedied partial deflation of a lung. Like you're either the luckiest guy in the fucking world or you're a surgeon who carefully picked where to get cut, knowing that it wouldn't uh, do any real damage. Do a little damage, yeah. but easily remedied. So yeah. it's not like totally so superficial, mm-hmm. but it's not life threatening. Okay. He had other minor injuries, like a cut here, a bruise here, and fingernail scratches all over him. Oh, as if come a on. woman had been trying to fight him off. What about the club to the head? Nothing there. I mean, you mean did he get clubbed in the head? He said he got bonked. He had a very mild concussion, like very mild. Okay, so he bonked himself. Maybe. Okay. But nothing from the pick, no puncture, nothing that he told them they've been waving at him wildly. Right. You That's know? great. It's um incredible. Back to blood. Okay. Jeffrey told them that he had attempted to help each member of the family um, with mouth to mouth when he found them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he removed the knife from Colette. And then he called 911. Uh-huh. After like touching all over your bloody family. But no blood, they didn't find any blood on either telephone in the home. 
that he claimed to have used to call 911. Mm-hmm. And they didn't find any fingerprints on the phone. Meaning you called with gloves on. You called with gloves on. They're surgical gloves. You've been doing everything all night with gloves on and you forgot to take, take them off because you're supposed to be on the phone. You can be tracked doing that. Oh my God. I love that one. That is just freaky. Like, Ooh, you're chilling. It's freaky. Yeah. It could not be clearer to me. Mm-hmm. A guy in the kitchen with gloves on calling number one pretended to be panicked. Oh my God. No. Oh no. Takes it off, runs and p- puts himself in position. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Okay, the family each had a different blood type. Pretty rare. I remember some like crazy blood shit. Yeah. Very rare for like a nuclear family to um, nobody share blood type. Especially the kids of the mom. Yeah. Yeah, that is strange. Um, But they're like, cool, we're glad they had that anomaly. It meant that they were able to examine the apartment and really track accurately like what happened in the apartment and to who. Yeah, wow, that is really crazy. Yeah. Okay, what we put together through, like, logic and blood. Okay. The fight began in the main bedroom with Jeffrey and Colette. Her yelling? Yeah. They're having a fight. Oh, my God. We don't know really why. Maybe um, the bedwetting, he got mad and was like, Mm -hmm. fucking God damn it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're fighting like they fight occasionally. Mm -hmm. They think that Colette whacked him in the head with, like, a hairbrush. Okay. Very mild concussion. And Jeffrey fucking kicked off. Um, he picked up the lumber or whatever. The fucking club, dude. Yeah. And he hit Colette with it. Yeah. They think that Kimberly then maybe came into the room. Oh. Because um, she had been hit in that room, too. Oh, boy. They found her brain serum in the doorway of that room. Oh, man. They think that maybe he didn't even mean to hit her, but like she got... She walked into a fight already happening. Yeah. And um got hit really bad in the head. Yeah. But like she got hit hard and yeah. like it cannot be undone, right? Right. They think that at that point he believed Colette to be dead and he carried mortally wounded daughter back to her room. God. And like what could he do but finish the job? Right. And remember Kimberly um when they looked at her body and and found out how she died, she did get her head wound immediately. And the knife and the pick and all that happened while she was already near death. Oh my God. And that would help. I mean, that would track for like, he hit her hard in that doorway. Her brain got rocked. Yeah. And then he carried her to her room, got a knife and the pick. You think she's probably unconscious? I I mean, she's definitely unconscious. Yeah. I mean, she was like, quote, near death. Yeah. She's like comatose, basically. I, I think fucking god and she didn't she didn't it's only one who didn't have any defensive wound right um so i think she was out yeah yeah okay but <gasps> now now that we've done all of that we can't turn back now right no and he left kimberly in her room and headed to their toddler okay i'm like on and off crying i'll cry during this yeah. next part i'll cry um okay. it's happening okay <laughs> i'll cry right now actually <laughs> okay um but colette was not dead yet. They believe that she had, while he went to kill Kimberly, she had gone to their baby trying to get her and protect her. Okay. Um, she went into the room and threw herself over her daughter in bed. Uh. They think that Jeffrey then entered that room and found them both there and killed them both. Jeez. It's that much worse. Like she had to be aware of that you know what i mean yeah i wish she had died initially yeah and didn't even have to experience that 
Then he wrapped Colette in a sheet and carried her back to their bedroom. To do the whole staging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be how we ended up with the bloody footprint in the kids' room in blood that belongs to Colette. Okay. Uh-huh. They think that from there, the cover-up began. Yeah. They found a magazine in the living room that had information about the Sharon Tate murder that had happened around that time. A murder where a bunch of hippies broke into a, a family home and killed people and and wrote things like pig on the wall. They literally find blood in it. Like a man who had had blood on him had flipped through it. Now, <laughs> what the hell? They think he took the idea from that, like yeah. the evil druggy hippie idea. I mean, pretty obvious. And like the atmosphere or culture of a, a military base is probably very like straight edge normie mm-hmm. type. And they are, they don't like hippies. Like they just yeah. don't. It would be like, it would be like in Oklahoma in 1980 being like devil worshiping. You exactly. know what I mean? Or like a black man walked in and did it. For sure. So... This You don't think he planned this? I don't, because it didn't go well. Right, that's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So he just coincidentally found, like, oh, looked through the pages of that magazine. Or maybe, had, like, he'd read it and rem- right. yeah, remembered, oh, that article. And he's going to get, like, details, more details. Yeah, totally. <sighs> right, now we need to make it all match. We need to make the home match up to what I'm going to tell y'all happened here. Right. They think that he began, but he went to get a... Um, disposable scalpel that he probably had around um, from work and he went to the bathroom he picked the right area to put it where he knew there would be no real damage and actually even very little pain and he did it to himself oh man you fucking cunt like not only is it not even any danger but it didn't even hurt you can't even have any pain happen to you. You bludgeoned three people tonight and mm-hmm. you're afraid of a little pain. Yeah. You fucker. With like a um sanitized. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Come on. Like per- meant to go into the skin like perfectly. Yeah. Okay. He then put on the gloves that we found the tip of later and he went to the bedroom where he had left Colette. He dipped a finger in her blood. And began writing pig on the headboard. He then put the pajama top over Colette and he stabbed through it with the pick over and over again. Okay. That would track for why the pajama top did get all cut up and tattered, but it clearly didn't happen in the living room. (laughs) Or while it was on him. Yeah. 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 Um, And then he he called 911. Uh, He threw the weapon or all of them out the back door. (laughs) Literally. Okay. And he kind of like fucked up the living room. Yeah, like boop, knocked that over. Yeah, but in a way that would not have occurred naturally. Like he literally manually moved furniture. <laughs> oh my god! You can like pretend to be like in kick a fight. it and like yeah. What would happen? You right, know what I mean? Right. He then flushed the gloves and the scalpel, um, or he threw them out. They did fuck up a bit and let them take away the trash Ooh. before going through it. Yeah, I bet he flushed it though. Trash is like he didn't know they'd fuck up. Yeah, yeah. and um, they're gonna fuck up. A lot. A lot. Okay. We'll get there. Perfect. Um, Over here. (laughs) They kind of fumble it. They do not do a good job of partitioning off the crime scene. Sure. Over 20 people trampled through before they have it like locked down. John Bonet type shit. Like bring in the parade. They lost the pajama fiber they found under a fingernail. 
and a bit of like DNA they found under a fingernail. Uh-oh. That could have been like, okay, done. If they right. matched the skin to him. Right. Like I ref- you were fighting off your That's bat. That's done. But- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, cop. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're the military police. She's on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like, I don't know. Worth noting. I'm a, uh, I mean, everyone can fuck up, but also they probably don't have this very often yeah. on the military base. Yeah. No, for sure. Or any or- murders at all. They let a doctor turn Colette over, um, moving the pajama top that was on top of her. Shit like that. You know, things that like, do I think it fundamentally changed the crime scene? No. But could Jeffrey in court be yes. like, hey, you fucked with it. Can't use any of it. Yeah. Yeah. You Is know? it like perfect for a defense attorney? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And they fuck up the bloody footprint in the room. All the evidence, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they fuck that one up while trying to like take it and imprint it and like remove it. They like do it wrong. Oh, oops! <laughs> like, oh, oops! Oh, all right, Johnny. It's your first day on the job. <laughs> <laughs> this one's annoying to me. Okay. Even the magazine. What the article in that magazine contained eighteen similarities to the crime, including a blonde candle carrying hippie woman. Uh huh. But they let a bunch of their men, whoever, glove free flip <gasps> through it. Meaning that the only way we can definitively link him to that and we know he read it is with that blood. Right. Meaning that drop of blood we initially found in it. Right. If we don't have the blood, he could be like, I never read that article. Fuck off. Exactly. But now that they've all fucking touched it and got their own DNA all over it, we can't use it or link him to it with that blood Mm -hmm. any defense attorney worth his salt is (laughs) gonna get that thrown out yeah totally and like it probably should be like if you're on the other side you're an innocent guy yeah the whole thing like fucking difficult (laughs) yeah okay back to him yeah what's he doing when is he going on his um press tour (laughs) soon perfect (laughs) perfect during all the questioning he had shockingly little emotion Okay. About the wife and children being fucking dead. Whole family brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, and your unborn child. Like your whole life rocked in an evening. And you're like, look, man, we will persevere. Like you're the one being optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine. I'm moving on. At one point, they're talking about his own like one wound. <laughs> and William Ivory went, you didn't do it to yourself, did you? And Jeffrey got really mad and began talking about pretty much like i'm the doctor here that was a really bad wound i could have been really hurt just so you know (laughs) i could have been really hurt um even though every doctor they they have him go to is like that could never have been mortal that could never have really hurt him like what are you talking about he will go on to do that a lot like uh he will continue to argue that i'm a doctor and i got my shit rocked that night and no, you fucking didn't. No, you didn't. Ugh. Um, wow. Like factually and clearly. Untr- like I'm looking at your body. Untrue. I'm looking at you. You're perfectly fine. Yeah. You didn't have any blood in the living room. Mm-hmm. And they continue questioning him. Um, they go, we have three people that were overkilled here. And yet they leave you alive. You could have identified them later. Why yeah. the fuck would they leave you alive? Yeah. When they leave a kid alive. Fuck a kid. You know what I mean? Right. A two-year-old can't say dick. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why would they leave you? Yeah. And he cannot give them a good reply. 
I got nothing. Stumped me on that one, guys. They call him up on the lack of damage in the home. Mm-hmm. Like you had a fucking violent, a, a violent struggle room to room all over a tiny apartment. Four people. Mm-hmm. The way you talked about it, they were in a fucking frenzy. Right. Right. But they left. They were like careful what to take their shoes off and like wipe their fucking feet. Except it just didn't happen. The fuck are you on about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they talked to him. About, they're like, why would they have been there, Jeffrey? And that's the other thing that we haven't even gotten to the premise, which is so stupid. Goofy. Yeah. I reject the premise. Yeah. They, they kind of tell him like, you're trying to tell me to reject logic and believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, you'd rather me believe people came in from the outside, drove up here, picked your home out of the bunch and were lucky enough to find your door open. And uh, ice pick and a piece of lumber and a knife. Why would that happen? Why would they do that? And then never be seen leaving, never be seen again. It couldn't be the sole survivor, the man of the home, (laughs) Jeffrey. Why wouldn't it be you, dude? Oh my God, man. Let me live in logic. And when they get to like, how would Kimberly's blood and fucking brain be recovered from your bedroom? Yeah. According to what, how you told me it went down that night. Right. I got nothing to, like, he can't come up with anything to tell them. Oh, my God. Okay, they want to do a polygraph, and he, in the room with them, agreed immediately. Anything to help. Uh Uh-huh. But when he left the building that day, he called them immediately (laughs) to tell them, I've changed my mind. I will not be doing a polygraph. That's like when you agree to do something in person, then text later, like, oh, shit. Yeah, fully. Something came up. Fully. You know, I don't believe polygraphs work but they don't but the the point really is that he wouldn't do it and he agreed to in person because he knew it'd be sus if he didn't Mm -hmm. but i definitely would not take a polygraph i wouldn't either but like we're in 19 like 70 like you don't know yet that you shouldn't take a polygraph (laughs) (laughs) and like you're an army man this is the army police like don't you think they're on your side like if they fucking could bend it to go in your favor they kind of would that's the thing <laughs> that's how like badly he has to fuck this up because mm-hmm. like they come in wanting to believe you exactly. man <laughs> exactly you're like an army Surgeon. doctor yeah and they and you created an enemy that they that they would love that they would ha- love have to have an enemy exactly like a hippie yeah, yeah. hell yeah Within hours of that, him calling back and going, like, actually, fuck off, the army put him under armed guard. Yeah. I think they took that, um, him taking it back. The f- Formally, you are not cooperating. Yeah, like, oh, I- it's happening now. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, within another month or two, we're in court. We're in army court. Army court. Which is, like, fucking different. It is different. Yeah. His mother hired an attorney for him, and that lawyer was shocked by... His client's almost total lack of affect while talking about the night of the murder. Okay, so your attorney is creeped out by you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, only when McDonald talked of finding their toddler was there even a flicker of feeling. Oof. The lawyer tried to ignore the eerie feeling. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Good job. He tried to put it all down to like, you're a trained doctor. You know, yeah. I'm sure you're trained to be like, very unemotional about what might be going on, no matter the horror. Right. They brought in a psychiatrist to evaluate him, but overall they conclude that they're pretty sure he didn't kill his entire family. Really? Well, the the shrink did, you know? Well, good thing they don't. Also, they're psychiatrists. They're not mind readers. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're very fucking qualified, but, like, they don't know the truth of, like, your soul. (laughs) No, yeah, they can't, like, see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, they put all of that forward in the trial. Like my shrink didn't think I did it. And they harp a lot on the all-American boy thing that he had going for him. I'd argue family annihilation as as American as hot dogs and baseball. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. They're very like, um, I'm prom king, baby. Prom kings would never do anything bad to women. Oh, God. (laughs) And a lot of people get up there and corroborate like, good guy. We all love Jeff. No one. Very rarely are people like, yeah, he could annihilate. I mean, look, maybe 1970, we don't know yet, but like today, I think we know, like, yeah, people like that who are capable of killing their entire family are really charming and like really good at playing pretend like a real human being. Yeah. 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 That's true. 1970, we don't really know about. We're not like into it. Like we're into it today. You know, I don't think Bundy had been caught. No, no. Like none of that had happened. Yeah. And then 22-year-old delivery man William Posey came forward. What does he have to say? He told the court that while living in a a kind of known hippie area in Fayetteville, 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 he'd had a neighbor he'd known only by the name of Helen. I'm not going into this. The floppy hat lady. We have to. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Later we found out her name is actually Helena. I'm going to call her Helena. Gorgeous. I know, kind of. On the night of the murder, he had gone to the bathroom at about 4 a.m. and looked out the window and watched a car pull in next door, carrying Helena and two or three men. Okay. William told the court that Helena, if you're wondering, had been in the habit of wearing a floppy hat and a blonde wig. It's 1970. For real? But after that day, he never saw her wear them again. Her prerogative. And like, yeah... It is, like, in the paper as, like, the murderer. I'm not going to, like, wear the murder uniform every day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They interview her a lot, but she didn't know anything. She's incredibly out of it. I I can't think of a better way to tell you. She doesn't know a goddamn thing. She told them, like, yeah, I have a floppy hat and a blonde wig. And no, I don't have them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And no, I got rid of them. And for for their part, they're like, fucking fine. Like, we have literally nothing to tie you to that home. Like, at all. <laughs> at all. And floppy hat and blonde is like... No, and they literally go, a lot of women have... We are in the year 1970. <laughs> like, right. a lot of women have a floppy hat and a blonde wig. And for that matter, you know who had a fucking floppy hat and a blonde wig? Colette? Colette McDonald. What was uh, the wig? What was she using that for? I think that, you know, like... Priscilla clipping in an extra thing to her uh, hair. Okay, you so, know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little fun thing. Yeah, I think we're having fun. Oh my god. But the colonel presiding over the hearing took the hippie theory to heart. Of course he did. He's a colonel. Mm-hmm. They found the charges against Captain Jeffrey McDonald are not true. So when do we go to the real police? But Freddie, her father, uh-huh. cannot get over what the fuck happened to his daughter and her children. Yeah, neither can I. Yeah. He mm. did not think Jeffrey did it, okay. but he needed to know who did do it. Like, he wouldn't drop it. Yeah. A far cry from Jeffrey, who had immediately M- moved on, gotten rid of all of their, their stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And moved to New York. I'm sorry. You drive by that fucking yard sale. I would fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I know people react differently. Not like that. Dude. And usually I'm 100% like all in on that. But... Have you met any person who's ever lost anyone? They keep some of their stuff. Sure, you can 
you you eventually have to get rid of all the you don't have to preserve their bedroom like you're fucking Ed Gein, but you keep some of their stuff, especially if they were slaughtered in one night and they were your kids. <laughs> you keep some of their stuff. Yeah, dude. Or it's like, are you trying to pretend they never existed? To me, the whole feel of it is like you're trying to make everyone move on very fucking quick yeah hey do not look any farther into that which yeah. is like why do you want that right you want to shut the book on them yes l- because you want to shut the book on the trial uh-huh. and people looking at you for it you have to shut the book on them ever having lived yeah <laughs> shut the pretend that part of your life never existed he's in new york hi socializing oh boy appearing on late night tv uh, why is that happening? Joking about the entire thing and looking for a writer who would pay for his story. Why is this happening? I'm serious. Like, who's People bringing him don't on? think he did it. Okay. We're talking about 1970, the all-American boy. Right. People and the hippies, yeah. do not fucking think he did it. Like, for real. Okay. And for him, for Jeffrey, Freddie, the father, continuing to be, like, on the fucking hunt for it. Oh, that's a big boost. Not good. Oh. No, not good. Like, drop it, Freddie. Oh. Drop it, dude. Yeah. Yeah, don't look into the actual evidence. Yeah. He tried to curb Freddie by telling him that he and a few other Green Berets had tracked down one of the killers and killed them. That's indefensible. There's nothing to argue anymore. You are the killer. No one would ever say that. Period. That's not, like, grieving weirdly. That is manipulation like Mm -hmm. that's crazy it's like if oj said i actually was looking for the real killer and i went and killed them Mm -hmm. don't worry nobody look into it anymore over i handled it (laughs) okay when that did not calm freddie down he eventually gave freddie the court transcript from the military trial he should not have freddie finds some problems he found claims in the transcript that could not be true with all that shit in mind freddie called the army Police. Police. Yeah. And they were already taking another look at the McDonald family murder. They were. They had, in the meantime, like cleaned up their act. Um, and you know what made them reopen it? What? Watching Jeffrey McDonald on, on the Cavett show, joking about the entire fucking thing. You dumb fuck. Kind of cool. I'm sure it had to do with like their own um reputation. Ego, but like kind of fucking cool that they were like, morally, fuck off, no. Right. They could have just not. And before we know it, we've got Freddie at 544 Castle Drive at the McDonald home going over the crime scene inch by inch. Freddie. Oh, God. Um, With the military police. They're all working together now. Oh, man. When he emerged, Jeffrey McDonald's most outspoken defender had become his most determined enemy. He really went in there in that apartment and like looked around and went like, no way. No. Yeah. Fuck no. It didn't happen like that wow you know that's really crazy i'm sure he'd never been in there like why would you want to go in there why would he like even be allowed in there yeah you know yeah but they allowed him in they went in with him and allowed him in and he left like fuck off wow 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 wow. um meanwhile jeffrey had begun working at an er in long beach living by the water fucking a 22 year old flight attendant oh (laughs) of course we are yeah new year new jeff Military police can't stop me. I'm with Candy now. Is her name Candy? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Freddie and company are digging up more information about Colette and Jeffrey and their marriage. Uh Uh-huh. 
they find out that he had been unfaithful fucking <gasps> morning, noon, and night. Oh, man. No wonder he's so tired. And, like, how do you maintain that in the year 1970? Like, yeah. you have to, like, see them all, all the time. Yeah, he's not, like, texting. Um, Colette had a friend she talked to. And she told them that Colette knew and she fucking hated it. Of course she did. Yeah. According to a Fort Bragg secretary, not even the family murder dulled Jeffrey wanting to fuck everyone. Ugh. She told them about how the two of them, she would hook up with Jeffrey whenever they could. In between like him being interviewed for the murder of his wife and children. Is that not like a turn off? But for her? For her. I know, babe. Like, what are you doing? That's like really spooky and ghoulish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, she didn't kill anybody, but yeah, she could be a little nicer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now they look more into Helena, our hippie bitch. Yeah. Our hippie girl. Yeah. And they find her to be, by talking to everyone in her life from childhood to now, very unwell yes yeah um for one thing they note that she took heroin about eight or nine times a day oh my god and then even beyond that the kind of overall idea of everything that they report about her is like we have a girl here not in touch with reality like broken from reality yeah literally the one girl you cannot call on in a murder trial yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, what the fuck yeah not only did she enjoy like an alternate reality, William Posey, they find out, is actually known for having a knack for inventing reality too. Okay. It's like telephone with two people tripping balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't trust it. When they call William back and give him a polygraph um, about what happened, that what he saw that night, like Helena pulling up in a car full of men. Mm-hmm. He failed. Yeah. And not only that, like that wouldn't mean much, but when he failed, he admitted to them that he was not sure if he'd watched her get out of the car that night. In fact, the car he told them she'd gotten out of, he revealed to them that he'd only ever seen that car in a dream. Guys. (laughs) And a dream he had after the fact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. I don't know if I saw that car. And who are you? (laughs) And where am I? (laughs) (laughs) Shaky witnesses at best. And they run everything they fucking can to connect Helena to that home. They cannot connect her in any way, shape, or form. Well, they're doing the legit opposite thing of they should what they should be doing. And, like, not taking a person and trying to fit any possible evidence to fit her. And they still can't do it. Now they're ready to try jeff for everything the army polices no okay here we go okay a lot for me to wrap my fucking head around in terms of like military court civilian court yeah but i don't want to hear a follow-up from you i'm telling you everything i know i'm telling you everything i know don't oh stop asking questions (laughs) (laughs) if i don't tell you it right now i don't know it got it you listening, guys? Okay. Google it if you need to know so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before they tried him in the military court. Yeah. He was in the military. It happened on Fort Bragg. Fucking fine. Now we got to try with a regular court. Okay. Um, And I don't know a lot about that shit. I do know. To try him in regular court now, 
Right. We need a civilian complaint about Jeffrey, and we need a prosecutor who will take the job. That makes sense to me. Okay, great. For the complaint, we got Freddie. And they actually have a really hard time finding the prosecutor. Everyone they tried to get to take the job, they were all like, yeah, I believe you. Like, I feel ill over what happened here. But, like, I can't do it for you. I can't take the job. Really? Yeah. It was, like, really hard. I mean, it is going to be, like, a national kind of news thing. That's, like, you know, putting yourself yeah. out there. No one wants to be Marsha Clark. Yeah. Um, but now we're in 1974. And the attorney general, um, who Freddie and co have been contacting, trying to get like, hey, have you found anyone to, t- to do it yet? Are we going to go to trial or what? He is literally like tired of hearing from Freddie. And that because of that, he finally handed the case to a guy called Victor Vorhide, who um, they called him like pretty much the Justice Department's junkyard dog. Like, he took all the shit nobody wanted. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was called the Justice Department's sloppy pig. <laughs> they called him <laughs> the department's nasty whore? It's <laughs> <laughs> really mean. <laughs> but you know what? He took it? Of course he did. (laughs) He knows his place. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, now we're at a dead end for a minute. Like, they've appealed, and now we're waiting for the Supreme Court to tell me what I can do. Okay. And during that time, Jeffrey occupied himself with finding someone who would write a book about him and what he'd gone through. What he'd gone through. And who'd be willing to give him a hefty portion of the profit. Right. Um, he wanted a guy called Joseph Wamba. Hmm. Okay. An LAPD sergeant turned best-selling crime writer. Rock on. That fell through after one meeting. <laughs> the guy, the, the author told media, I had interviewed dozens and dozens of people who were survivors of horrific crimes, some immediately after the event and some many years later. I had never in all my experience heard someone describe an event like that in the cavalier manner like McDonald did. Yeah, there you go. So it's not me just saying stupid shit. Someone who knows the field is also saying it. Yeah. So, And I do enjoy another man being like, no, you're fucking grimy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but he did find a writer, an author known for writing about frequently cheating on his own wife <laughs> and of dreaming about the violent demise of their children. What? He took it on. Oh, boy. We'll go back to that. Noted. After like a year and change of waiting for the trial, the Supreme Court came back and told them like, you will be tried for murder, brother. Go ahead. Proceed. (laughs) And jury selection began. Um, By now we're in 1979. Wow. We're at trial. He talked publicly about not being worried, but when the trial began... Everything he had put forward in the military trial was not working for him now in the way it did in the original trial. They're not buying it. Like, wrong crowd now. Got it. Um, we have Judge Dupree, and he's not fucking around. Nice. Finally. Mm-hmm. We have a moment where a witness for the defense testified that, um, yeah, the sheet in the home that the prosecution alleged jeffrey used to roll up colette and move her yeah part of the cover-up 
Yeah. They corroborate in court that like, yeah, that sheet had a bloody imprint on it that came from the cuff of Jeffrey's pajama pant. Okay. That certified one of the prosecution's most damning claims. Pretty much like it didn't happen how Jeffrey told you it happened. And if he's lying, he did it. Yeah, fully. (laughs) Um, The government brought in an FBI expert who reported that when that bloody tattered pajama top when folded in a particular way, the 48 round holes in the top literally lined up with the 21 ice pick wounds in Colette's chest. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Meaning that the theory we heard earlier about how Jeffrey tattered up his own pajama top to look like he'd been in an attack by putting it on Colette over Colette and stabbing her through the top. Now they're, they're like, yeah, there's like, legitimate reason to believe that that is what he did oh god jeffrey's entire team they're hoping that helena will arrive and like admit to her involvement again publicly and that will be it for them they're banking on helena literally pin it on her well she's a very fragile woman yeah and they're kind of banking on being able to like intimidate her into into admitting to a thing she didn't fucking do absolutely when she arrived in court she she did arrive in court they took her into a room and talked to her privately for hours before she got to go and talk to the court okay is that allowed usually i don't know i've heard of it done before but when i heard of it done before they were like ew (laughs) right they're like questionable yeah okay but no amount of threatening or cajoling could prevent her from telling the truth that she didn't know where she actually had gone that night but i didn't go there mcdonald home right i have never been there um the jury actually have a weirdly conflicting recollection of what she did tell them that day like a few of them think she kind of admitted to like i might have been there and a few of them think she was like i was anywhere but there (laughs) yeah i i think that might just be different interpretations of her saying i don't know where i was yeah so like maybe not exactly ruling out there Mm mm-hmm But I guess you can usually say she was anywhere on the fucking planet. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know where I was. Mm -hmm. And like, she's like visibly unwell. Right. Off the bat, like, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't. She's not credible. Like the judge turned to them, to the jury and told them when she left that not only were the things that she she talked about right now clearly uncredible. Yeah. But he acknowledged her to be a tragic figure, clearly operating while heavily drugged and probably hallucinating. Jesus, Helena. <laughs> I know. Fuck. Can we get her on? <laughs> no. She's dead, right? Rest easy. <laughs> um, which, cool of him to be like, we watched a fucking vulnerable, unwell woman right now. Yeah. Fucking yeah. forget that shit. She, he pretty much told them like she shouldn't have been in the courtroom today. It's like kind of a disgrace. How fucking dare they even make her come in here today? Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. And then we have Jeff. He's on the stand. Well, yeah. Of course he is. He's been on fucking the Carson show. Yeah. <laughs> He's like getting mad and yelling. His entire team are yelling a lot. By the way, they they really think that by being like machismo bullshit, they're gonna win. You know. Yeah, being really machismo is going to tell me you didn't kill your wife. <laughs> like, you're yelling at a woman in court. Like, <laughs> uh, whatever. And, th- and another thing, I think we've said this before, of like, you can't keep your anger in control to mm-hmm. save your life. 
Ah! Oh, fuck. You're yelling in front of a courtroom full of people. What the fuck are you like at home when you're mad? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you're freaking me out. He talked about, again, to media about how his own mother and former captain in the, in the army had comforted him about how he fucked up in court that day and looked like a fucking murderer. And... <laughs> And how they told him, like, look, you are the golden boy. You are the establishment. You're in the army. You're a doctor. You know who we got on the jury? A cop? A doctor's son? They will see it the way you do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. While they deliberated, Jeffrey chatted about what movie to watch that night for his victory party. No one does. Innocent people don't do that. No, they just don't. You don't need to put on the show of being like, I don't care. But the entire trial here, he acted very cavalier, very like, I don't give a fuck. That's not right. No. (laughs) Hey, you chose the wrong emotion. You're not acting right. If you're innocent and you're you're looking at life in jail. Yeah. You're not cavalier or like my victory. You're like, I might be convicted of a crime I didn't commit. Oh, my fucking God arguably people's biggest night one of the worst nightmares worst thing that could happen to a person to a man for sure yeah right yeah it's a nightmare i have nightmares about that happening yeah and i really think that like for men i think that is like the number one like they're not worried about being like raped or killed that much they're worried about like being accused of doing that right yeah you know like i think that he's like living the nightmare and he won't even let that fact live you know what i mean yeah um, they come back out with a verdict and he appeared shocked. Oh. Guilty. Right. <laughs> Judge Dupree read out the decision and he gave Jeffrey life. Well. Anyway. Where are they now? Where are they now? He tried to get compassionate release for COVID. And no, they said, not no. You. <laughs> not Jeffrey McDonald. No, dude, not you. <laughs> no. Helena died at the age of 30 Whoa. in 83. Oh, no. Yeah, they found her body in her apartment with her death. They they think it occurred five days before they found her. You know? Yeah. She didn't... Things didn't really change for her or get better for her. She had tried to get treatment a lot for her drug addiction. Yeah. And she tried to get psychiatric care, but... um Right. Colette McDonald's mother and father, Mildred and Alfred, both died in 94. She died in January and he died in October. Hmm. She had actually had a cancer diagnosis in 71. And at the time she wrote about in her diary being glad and she wanted to die. Oh, God. But then when Freddie became determined to um, see McDonald brought to justice she felt compelled to keep living and help him do that. Yeah. And she finally um, agreed to do radiation therapy. Oh, wow. Um, And she lived for another, what what is that? 23 years years with him. Wow. And um, in 89, he knew his own health was like declining and he recorded something on a tape recorder to be read out or to be played out at any future parole hearing. Oh, wow. That is really crazy. (laughs) Yeah, but like he had to do it. (laughs) Oh, God. After death. That is so, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Thorough. Yeah. And I'm sure like you watched him for a decade, literally on a fucking yacht with a fucking flight attendant. Yeah. 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 And you would be like, hey, never again. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Now we're really done. Wow. That's the end? Well, yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and who are you? Uh, <laughs> okay, fuck. I mean, I do feel like I was lied to because I thought his guilt or innocence was more like hotly debated or or more like legitimately mm-hmm. a question. It's not a question. He fucking did it. Okay, great. So feel free to absorb that information and feel free to share the news that he absolutely fucking did it. Mm. Um, but as for where you heard it, tell no one. Bye. Bye.